that high enough for you in it? Yes, ma'am. Good, good. Well, it's, it's, it's just on. Yes. It is on, okay. Okay. I understand that I'm uh, baptizing this new you are. thing in you. Uh, <laughs> So I must not break it. I have, known, I have been known to break microphones before. Really? Do you kiss the hand? Very hard not to. Do you kiss the hand to hear from me? The Sanzanere, the Atlantic, the Sanzanere, 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 So it's great to be here again. It's been years since we've been here. It was nice to come in and see some people we recognised. And even more that recognised us. And uh, it's a privilege just to come again. And I'm also privileged to join your teaching series. And in fact, I quite like it when, because I travel a lot, teachers, and when people tell me, this is what we want you to do, I find that extremely helpful. So thank you for your emails. <laughs> And so I'm glad to join in your series on a city set on a hill. And I've been asked to speak on the theme of a core value of yours which is devoted to mission. And What's mission? It simply means being sent. Off you go. And, but of course for us, it's being sent with the message of our Lord Jesus Christ. The day before he was crucified, the disciples listened to Jesus praying. It was the, it's the longest prayer of Jesus recorded in scripture. And he was praying for his disciples because he knew he was going to be uh, crucified and rise again. But he prayed for his disciples. And he said this, Father, I'm not praying that you take them out of the world. Because as you sent me into the world, I am sending them. Mm. 
That's how he prayed. Yes. And the disciples would have been listening. And they would have thought, what does that mean? And then, at the very first meeting when Jesus had risen from the dead, he appeared to them and first he said peace be to you now that was the normal greeting of the people of that day in the Middle East that's how you greet people you say peace be to you but it was more than that on this occasion. Because they were full of fear. Because Jesus had been crucified. Some of them had heard that he's risen again, but they hadn't met him yet. So he said, Peace be to you. But then, he went straight on to what was to be their whole purpose in life. And he said again, as the Father sent me, I'm sending you. Upon them. And he said, Receive the Holy Spirit. And so it was so important to Jesus. It was one of the last things he prayed. And it was one of the first things he said. Rose from the dead. I'm sending you into the world. But I'm going to read about what the, what the Apostle Paul wrote about this. Because he was also on mission. And I'm going to read from Romans chapter 1. I'm going to read verses 1 to 7 and then 13 to 17 if you want to refer to it. Okay. This letter is from Paul, a, a slave of Christ Jesus, chosen by God to be an apostle and sent out to preach his good news. God promised this good news long ago through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. Now, 
The good news about is about his son. In his earthly life, he was born into King David's family line. And he was shown to be the son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Let's say that bit of the scripture together, shall we? One, two, three. He is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through Christ, God has given us the grace and authority as apostles to tell Gentiles everywhere what God has done for them. By the way, when he says Gentiles, it simply means all the nations of the world. So that they will believe and obey him, bringing glory to his name. And you are included among those Gentiles who have been called to belong to Jesus Christ. I am writing to all of you in Rome who are loved by God and are called to be his own holy people. Amen. Amen. I'll change that a little bit. Paul says, I'm writing to all of you in Rome. But today, it could be, I'm writing to all of you in Clarence. Who are loved by God. And called to be his own holy people. Wonderful. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. And then he goes on in verse 13. I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, that I plan many times to visit you. But I was prevented until now. I want to work among you and see spiritual fruit just as I have seen among other Gentiles. For I have a great sense of obligation to both Greeks and barbarians. 
So the educated and uneducated alike. So I'm eager to come to you in Rome too to preach the good news. For I'm not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work saving everyone who believes. The Jew first and also the Gentile. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. So Paul starts this important letter this way. What's the story behind this? Since Paul had become a believer in Jesus, he'd never been to Rome, the greatest city of that day. He had often wanted to, he said. But had not been able to. So he now planned to come. After he had been to Jerusalem to take a gift to the poor believers in Judea. He wanted to see the church in churches in Rome as a base for going to the western Mediterranean, Spain, where they'd never heard the Christian gospel. So he was planning his journey. To Jerusalem to help the poor. Rome, that great city, where there are already many believers and then to Spain where there weren't any believers at all. And there was a lady who was one of the leaders in one of their churches called Phoebe so Phoebe had worked with Paul a lot. She was a deacon of the church. And she was travelling to Rome. So Paul thought, I must write a letter quickly. And give it to Phoebe. So she could take it to the church in Rome. Probably read it to them. And probably explain what was said in it. So I must write to the church in Rome. 
this letter? I think about Rome. Rome was where Caesar lived. Who was dictator of the whole world that Paul knew? It was the big city. Caesar was there. And he would and, and he was thought to rule over the whole world. And so Paul began to think of that. You know what Paul you know what Caesar was called? Now He was called King of the World. Another title was Son of God. Another of his titles was Savior of the World. And his birthday was described as the good news. Or the gospel, we might say. Paul was thinking about it. And so he thinks, I'm writing to the place where the most important man in the world lives. Where there will be many slaves. And he starts. This letter from Paul. A slave of Jesus Christ. That means a lot. Understand? Understand? Slaves would have been looked down upon people. Rome was full of them. So he doesn't write as an important person. Paul, a slave of Jesus Christ. <laughs> And says, and an apostle commissioned with the gospel. Wow. Slave. And an apostle. Like the people Caesar would have sent out. So what is this good news? If you're devoted to mission, you must know what the good news the, what the good news is that you've got a mission about. And often we present the good news, the gospel, 
And we start with us. Jwale hangata ha ge bolela ditaba tsena tse molemo e leng ya fanggedi ge qala ka gona. I can be saved. Eh ho rena mohlomong ke tsela e fing ka pholoswana. Empa policy ha ka le mo. He comes to that later. O He says, I'm not ashamed of the good news. Because it's the power of God to salvation. So he gets there. But he starts differently. He starts, the gospel is Jesus Christ. The good news is him. We start with him. We don't even start with all the benefits I get. We start with Jesus Christ. And he's thinking of Rome and Caesar that I told you about. And he says, he's from the line of David. His genealogy is much longer than Caesar. He is the And remember what was what was Caesar called? King of the world, what else? Son of God. And he says. He was shown to be son of God. Because he was raised from the dead by the Holy Spirit. That's much bigger than Caesar. Caesar didn't come from the line of David. Caesar wasn't the one who the Needs to acknowledge his rule. That's the gospel. That's where we start. Starting a new world with one who was raised from the dead. God is changing things. God is transforming the world. And to be omniscient, we are those who recognize that. We must go to the whole world. Because the world has a new king. Who raised from the dead. Jesus Christ. Amen. And because he was raised from the dead. 
We will be raised from the dead as well. This is the glorious truth. All depends on him. He has authority. He's the new king. Start the gospel there. We don't start when Jesus can meet all your needs. We start with Jesus is king. Yeah. Jesus is conquered death. Jesus is bringing a new kingdom. Yeah. And as we submit to him, we will have power for our salvation. And he's given us grace and apostleship. What does that mean? This is how Jesus is going to rule over the whole world. How did Caesar do it? How did Caesar conquer the world? He sent armies to conquer people. Jesus gives grace. Undeserved love. And sends people to graciously announce that good news. With authority as apostles. Now, I told, I told you at the beginning what mission meant. What was it? To be sent. Apostleship means to be sent. You could say we're a people on mission. Or we could also say we're an apostolic people. Demonstrating God demonstrates his kindness through Jesus who died for our sins. And this good news is what God promised through the prophets. That's the Old Testament. What we call the Old Testament. He promised first of all, right at the beginning, to Adam and Eve, and he said, the woman's seed, someone who descended from a woman, not from a man, from a woman, would conquer Satan. The devil who, who thinks he can rule the world. That could be promised. What else did it promise? Abraham's seed will bless every nation. 
Amen. Amen. Every nation will be blessed. Every family will be blessed. He says. And the prophet promised there will be the seed of David. A new king will rule the world. Amen. Amen. That's what's promised. And that's why then he goes on to say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Because it's God's power for salvation. To everyone who believes. Does anyone believe here? Amen. Do you believe? Amen. Amen. It's power. When you for all who believe, the gospel is power well, to set you free, to save you, to give you new life. So Paul says, I'm not ashamed of it. You're ashamed of it? It saves us from condemnation, from guilt. From shame, and from the power of sin. The good news is that sin doesn't have domination over you anymore, but you have authority over sin. Oh, this is good news, isn't it? Amen. This is what we must share. But it starts with the fact that Jesus is now king. Amen. 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 And righteousness from God is revealed in it. And Christ's righteousness is now given to me. Amen. Amen. You've got some new clothes. The righteousness of Christ. So, this gospel is for all. So, our mission is to all. Paul says it's to call all people from all the nations. So the obedience that comes from faith. He says, I'm under obligation. You know, we don't like that word, really. I'm under obligation. I must do it. Not because of law. Because the grace of God is so powerful in my life. So it creates an obligation to share the gospel. He says both to Greeks and to barbarians. What does that mean? Well, in those days, the Greeks thought themselves superior. 
And everyone who couldn't speak Greek or Latin. They called barbarians. Because when they heard them speak, it sounded like because they didn't speak the language. Paul says, I'm under obligation to every language. I preach the gospel to those who think they're superior to bring them down. And I preach the gospel to those who are looked down upon by others to bring them up. <laughs> you understand? That's the gospel. The gospel puts us all on the same level. If you think your culture is superior, pull you down. But who? If you think, oh dear, people look down on me all the time. Yeah. Amen. 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 And to the educated and the uneducated. In the world, the educated got the best positions. In the church, it's the grace of God. So educated or not educated, the grace of God is equally upon Amen. So Jesus says to his disciples, Can you go into all the world? And when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you receive power. And when you receive power, you don't just think, oh wow, oh, this is great. When you receive power, you will be my witnesses. In Jerusalem. Jerusalem, for us, where is that? Here. So, you will be my witnesses in Clarence. In Judea, where's that? The Free State, yes, the surrounding area. To Samaria. Where's Samaria? Samaria. Is people who live close to you. Samaria. But have a different culture. And to the ends of the earth. That's everywhere else. And every local church used to be, used to be thinking. 
The good news, Paul says in the same chapter that Steve read earlier, he preached the gospel to those who were near. The picture there is the temple and those who were near to the temple were the Jews. And to those who were far off. Because those who are close and those who are a long way away both together come before the Father through Christ by the Spirit. Amen. Come together. And that is part of the Gospel. As you demonstrate as a church from different cultures, that's an important part of the gospel. Paul says, I preach this. I preach this truth. united in Christ. Demonstrate their uniting in Christ. It's part of the gospel. No, the good news is we're saved through faith. The good news is the kingdom of God is going to every area of life. And the good news is that the nations are united in Christ. In my home church, we have around 50 different nations represented. Okay. Wow. Went to a service recently. And there were six people in the worship team. None of them had the same mother tongue. Because the gospel does that. Gospel brings us together. And if you're, if you're preaching 
Simply that you're saved to go to heaven when you die. You've covered some of the Firstly, something that happens to us. What happens to us through the gospel is indeed dramatic and exciting. Good God's good news will catch us up and transform our lives. But the good news which Paul announces is primarily good news about something that's happened. Events through which the world is now a different place. It's about what God has done to Jesus the Messiah. Israel's true God, true King. The world's true Lord. The gospel isn't like an advertisement for a product we might or might not want to buy. Depending on how we feel at the time. It's more like a command from an authority. So we make disciples. Every nation. That's the gospel. We make disciples who live their lives under the authority of Jesus. We make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. Yes. Hallelujah, Christ is king of the world. Yes. Hallelujah, he's given us grace and sent us out on mission. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Lord, I thank you for this city set on a hill. I thank you for this demonstration of the gospel. The gospel that unites all peoples in Christ. Lord, I pray. Make us a people on mission. An apostolic people. Lord, I pray. 
Thank you for what's come out of this church already. But we say it's a new season. Pray for this region to be filled with churches that demonstrate these truths. That unite people in Christ. Lord, I pray for it because I believe you're commissioning it. Reproduce. ဟိုရေလိုက်စီစီဘိဘိဘိဘိဘိဘိဘိဘိဘိဘိဘိဘိဘိဘိဘိဘိဘိဘိဘိဘိဘိဘိဘိဘိဘိဘိဘိဘိ